This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. I was 11, and it was 1982, and I remember lying on my stomach in our the living room of our small Brooklyn Railroad apartment, and I was watching Saturday morning wrestling on WWOR Channel 9, uh, local New York television from Secaucus, New Jersey. Uh, so that's when I first saw Blackjack. Blackjack Mulligan. Blackjack had this long handlebar mustache, oily black hair, thick mutton chop sideburns. All in all, he was a six foot nine, three hundred forty-five pound Texas badass with a branding iron on the back of his black tights. You know, dressed in black from his cowboy hat to his leather glove. I mean, the meanest outlaw you could ever imagine. He used the leather glove to to do his um, signature iron claw hold. That that was his finishing move. Matter of fact, I think that's what affected me the most, that the iron claw hold. I was watching... Blackjack's debut in the WWE, um, back then it was known as the WWF, he was fighting this jobber. And a jobber is a wrestler who was there to get beat up on and lose matches all the time. And uh, Blackjack, of course, is beating the crap out of him. This guy had no chance, but when Blackjack was through with him, Blackjack put that iron claw on his head, and in seconds later, you know, I guess maybe it was a black and white TV. Black blood is streaming down this guy's face. It was gross. I mean, they slapped this big red X across his face. That and the word censored. Censored, flashing on and off. Right? So it, it kept, you know, covered most of the screen. But I could still tell that this guy was bleeding. You'd have to cover the whole screen to hide that fact. I didn't know what censored meant then, but I could tell it was bad. I kept thinking about it the whole day. Why did this guy... I want to say his name was uh, Barry Hart, but I'm not exactly sure. Anyway, why did this guy sign up for this match? Didn't he know about the claw? Did he not know... You know, did he really think he could beat Blackjack? This was a lot for an 11-year-old to process. Now, keep in mind, I'd only been watching pro wrestling for a little over a year when I saw that match. It was the first time I'd ever seen blood in a wrestling match, let alone the word censored flashing on and off and a big red X blocking someone's face. That's, That's what bothered me the most. I think... Not the claw exactly, not not the blood, but the fact that they were covering it up, shielding me from the horror of what I was seeing, that they were even telling me, this is not for you, kid. This is not for your eyes. You shouldn't be watching this. I don't know who thought of putting the big red X on the screen, a WWOR station manager or maybe Vince McMahon himself, but it was effective. Impressive, really. I never forgot it. From there on in, I was in awe of Blackjack Mulligan. I mean, what a way to make a debut on New York City TV. My God, 
You gotta be a badass when they cover your bloodied opponent with an X. I watched every Saturday after that. With bated breath, I'm looking for Blackjack's matches. He, he was the only wrestler I, I really wanted to see. He rarely uh, wrestled on Saturdays. Mostly uh, promos of Blackjack talking about what he'd do to Andre the Giant, but no action, no more big red X's. So Blackjack and Andre the Giant were, were feuding. And it was only natural, of course. These, these were the two biggest men in the WWF at the time. They had to be matched up. You, you'd be crazy not to want to see those two collide. And I wanted to see it so bad, too. We didn't have a lot of money at the time, so I didn't want to ask my father to take me. Some of their worst battles were in the Brendan Byrne Arena, part of the Meadowlands Sports Complex in East Rutherford, New Jersey, which sounded way too far to me, so I never asked to be taken there. One day, the WWF shows this short snippet of the fight between Andre and Blackjack at the Brendan Byrne Arena, where Andre's going around outside the ring, hurling chairs into the ring so they'd hit Blackjack. I guess Andre had gone berserk. He'd really lost it. So when he finally gets back into the ring, um, Blackjack makes his escape through the ropes. Andre had lost his mind and it was time to get out of Dodge. When a seven foot five, 500 pound behemoth comes after you like that, you get to step in. So, you know, Andre was generally seen as this gentle giant, certainly not someone to be trifled with, but hardly a savage in any sense of the word. He was always like uh, the sensitive, noble giant that he played in The Princess Bride. Um, so, yes. Yes, I was impressed. A few weeks later, I saw a photo of Andre in a, in a wrestling magazine. It was snapped minutes after the first blackjack encounter. And Andre's sitting on a toilet. You can barely see the toilet. But he's bloodied, and he looks miserable. And Andre does something totally out of character. He gives the photographer the finger. Right in, in the photograph, he's given the photographer the finger. It was a remarkably candid photo that, that solidified, in my mind, Blackjack's menacing mystique. See, I really think that finger was meant for Blackjack. Now, I'm no expert on villains, but I know that I think we all do, that the best villains are the ones that bring out the darker sides of our heroes. So as Blackjack and Andre feuded the entire summer, I finally broke down and begged my father to take me to one of their bouts. But not just any bout. It would be the culmination of the summer-long feud set to be held in Madison Square Garden. The main event, a six-man tag team featuring Andre, and the Strongbow Brothers, Jules and Jay, versus Blackjack, and that menacing team from Japan, the fiendish former tag team champs, Mr. Fuji and Mr. Saito. The Strongbows and Fuji and Saito had scores of their own to settle, so it would be an all-around barn burner for most wrestling fans. For me, it was a chance 
to see Blackjack and Andre in person, a, a chance to see some bloodletting without a big red X hiding it all. I didn't just want to see blood for blood's sake. It wouldn't have been meaningful if, if the wrestlers were bleeding from something extraneous. It, it had to come from Blackjack. It had to come from that ominous, fingerless black glove that he used to slap on the claw. So my father brought me to Madison Square Garden to my first live wrestling match. The match was in August, two weeks before the start of school. And while most of that night's ring action is a blur to me, all these years later, I still remember most of the tension of the match was derived from Blackjack avoiding a tag from Fuji or Saito that night. You know, it might land him in the ring along with Andre, and he, he didn't want that. Andre, of course, was gunning for Blackjack, champing at the bit to be in the squared circle, mano a mano. Uh, but, but, you know, Blackjack was as slippery as his oily black hair. Really, he was quick to tag in and out if the strong boys were even within an inch of tagging in Andre. Uh, they did. And I saw, um, you know, they managed to square up, and I saw what I imagined to be blood, because we were sitting in the nosebleed section, uh, my dad and I, and I didn't have the benefit of a pair of binoculars. So I was straining my eyes to get a glimpse of anything that might look like gore of any kind. I thought I saw blood or something like it on Blackjack's face. So, if turnabout is fair play, you can imagine what Andre did to Blackjack when they were finally alone in the ring. He managed, Andre managed to unglove that dark desperado. That, with that same black fingerless glove, Andre slapped his enormous 16-inch hand over Blackjack's face and mashed and mashed until Blackjack couldn't take it anymore and quit. And the ring bell sounded, and sounded, and sounded, because Andre wasn't going to stop mashing anytime soon. The puny ref in the ring wasn't going to stop him either. Andre had gotten his revenge. That's it. Blackjack was beat. One of the greatest things I ever witnessed, really, I, I mean... The blood, I'm not sure I really saw, but I saw that night a scary, tough hombre get run out of town. I mean, he didn't stick around the WWF uh, too long after that. I mean, the man made his debut like a scourge. And he came back in 1984, but the menace was missing. Uh, Vince McMahon softened him up, and old Blackjack um, fortunately got... Kitschy, folksy, with an interview segment called Blackjack's Barbecue. Talk about getting declawed. Um, I knew wrestling was scripted. I had an inkling. I know it today, of course. But when you're 11, you know, not so easy to tell the difference. Especially if the TV graphics hide... TV graphics, you know what I mean, and everything else a young impressionable mind shouldn't see. Anyway, uh, Robert Wyndham, Blackjack's real name, 
He died in 2016. Turns out he was a born-again Christian. Nice guy, of course. Saw him do one of those interviews, the cult shoots, where wrestlers tell fans the inside skinny of the wrestling business. He was very uh, like, if you ain't with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, I feel sorry for you, brother. Other than that, just uh, plain old vanilla folksy, you know? Nothing like the dark desperado I could not wait to see Saturday mornings. Um, yeah, I was disappointed. Just, but you know what? Just, just feeling nostalgic about my childhood. And that is what this show is all about. You've been listening to Wrestling Without Heels On. My name is Ariel Gonzalez, and I'm taking these heels off. But before I do that, I want to leave you with a Yogi Berra malapropism about Texas and its immense voting power. Yogi Berra once said, Texas has a lot of electrical votes. He meant electoral, of course. Join me for episode two, when we'll take another tiptoe together down Villainy Lane. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey, are you ready for some football? Some fantasy football? How about some daily fantasy football? Silly questions, right? Of course you are. You're ready to talk some smack and win some cash every Sunday, and Thursday, and Monday, and whenever there's football games. The Sports History Network invites you to play your daily fantasy football this season at thrivefantasy.com. Thrive Fantasy offers hundreds of thousands, millions in cash every day on NBA, MLB, PGA, golf, cricket, esports, and of course, NFL football. Every week during the 2021 NFL season, Thrive Fantasy has pool play contests and heads-up matches with prizes of all sizes, and even free play contests for real money. Sign up with Thrive Fantasy today to get a 100% match bonus on your first deposit for up to $100 in free daily fantasy football play. Visit sportshistorynetwork.com slash thrive, that's T-H-R-I-V-E, or enter promo code SHN when depositing at the cashier. Join Thrive Fantasy today, earn cash prizes, and support great shows like this at the Sports History Network. Now that's a win-win-win situation for you to kick off your own NFL season.